I might have to pause in the middle of this mm-hmm. and edit out later on my ringtone because it's They Reminisce Over You by Pete Rock and Seal Smooth. And yeah. I don't think that's allowed to be broadcast oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. a podcast. But even though I talked with the woman from the Oregon Historical Society, mm-hmm. Alana wanted me to reach out again. I don't know if my message made any sense, but you were there when I left it. I think it made sense. I was right there. Okay, yeah. good. We are having issues with getting a trip of people to go. Yeah. Next week, we're going to have to go because that's like literally our last chance. It is because we're going to be doing um, some goalball in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be the week before the end of March. And by then, if we go... To, if we go um, on the last week, it's going to be crazy, crazy busy, I'm sure. I know, I know. I just hope this lady from the Oregon Historical Society doesn't think I'm stalking her. I, I hope she, I hope she, um... <laughs> I was like, I know what you said, but my girlfriend wanted me to call. You blame me for that? You were there. I know, but you blamed me for it. Oh, what damn I love you. <sighs> yeah. It sucks because last weekend would have been perfect had it not been for that snowstorm. And that's not something that we could have uh, foreshadowed or, exactly. you know, we didn't, we, we knew it was coming, but we didn't know it was going to come like that. No one did, really. No one did. And, and, and yeah, Metro got in trouble for it, too. Oh, they did? Yeah. How? Um, I think one of the employees got the word out, so they weren't prepared as well. And they should have been. Yeah. Yeah. It should have been. But anyway. We're going to do our darndest. Next weekend, we're going come hell or high water. Oh, my goodness. Yes. I said the H word to one of your friends on the phone today. Oh, I know. Yeah. I hope you went to unbailist. Uh, It could have been a lot worse. Uh, you, you, you said a lot worse than that. Oh, I have. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. You'll get it later. Why? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, anyway, you, you there, there, there are absolutely worse things that you have said about people and to people. Thank you. This isn't. This, this is really bad. This is how much we wanted to go. I used to have phone relations, which let's say, with a slightly older woman. She's not that much older than you. She's is only is like she older than months. me, babes? Only by a few months. Uh, so that's a yeah. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> Only by a few months. Yay! Give me a kiss then. Mm. It's a vicious cycle that is. Oh my goodness. That's why you shouldn't start it off, babes. <laughs> and Alana is friends with this person. A little bit. So they're supposed to get together and have lunch at the Black Bear Diner in Gresham on Monday. Mm-hmm. Good place, by the way. Last night. You and I are talking, and a lot of people canceled on us. Finally, I'm, I'm kind of like pressing the issue throughout the day, saying, hey, you might have to contact so-and-so and see if her mom wants to come with us. <laughs> and you didn't want to do it. No, I was like, uh, and then I'm like, okay, okay, I'll swallow my pride. I usually wouldn't ask this, but desperate times call for desperate measures. So... She initially said yes, and I'm thinking, great. This and her is, and her boyfriend were um, up for going. This is going to yeah. be awesome. And then last night, I'm in my PJs, just finished reading myself a bedtime story. 
And I get a text from Alana saying so and so and her mom had to cancel for Saturday. <laughs> I think my response was Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I I knew exactly what it was gonna be. It's gonna be like, okay. And and she now now she sounded very, very apologetic in her message. Like she almost felt like it sounded like she really, really felt bad about canceling, but but, but, um, but I also know that it was a, a short notice, and I. But I also told her that we could probably we we could do it next week if you guys weren't available. Yeah, we're gonna pull out all the stops for next week. Yes, we are. We'll try. And by the way, this is exactly what I didn't want to happen is us having to run around town trying to figure this stuff out. It just sort of like happened this way. Uh-huh. And because, it wasn't something that, you know, we didn't know how it was going to turn out because before it was like, ooh, we got this person going, this person going, and then something happened with one of my friends and he only had that week available and then the other one said he was busy and then... And then we were were left with three of us, and then... And originally, we wanted to do this last year, but the problem with COVID and all that stuff is most of the people we had known have moved away or are dealing with, like, medical issues. Hmm. So we had to wait for Alana to make some new friends. Oh, my goodness. Medical issues? Yeah. Oh. Didn't I... Don't I have a friend who literally... Like, is still in the hospital over her surgery last week. Oh, do you? Yes. The one from the GoFundMe. Oh, 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 well. I don't want to blow up his spot. Well, no, 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 but he wouldn't, he wouldn't know that, though. He wouldn't know what? He wouldn't, he, he's not, like, interested in Motown stuff, though. Okay, but I'm giving an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people we know have moved away. So, for example, if my sister still was here in Portland and she moved away. A big part of that was because of COVID keeping it real. Thank you, Kate Brown. Yeah. She would have loved to gotten something like this. Oh, I know she would have. Cause you told me that she's like a music person too. And even though she has a kid, uh, my nephew, we could have gone when he, we probably would have had to go during the week, but we could have made something happen yeah. when he's in school. And if my sister <clears throat> lived here with her family, for sure, for sure, her and my brother-in-law would love to have gone with us. Yeah. And taking the kids. And we would have gone with the kids. We would have gone with the kids and they're um, you know, they're old enough. They they would oh you know, you know, we you know, if the, if my family lived here, I would not have a problem making sure um that we had somebody. Nice. Yeah. But they don't. They don't. Yes. And we kinda have to work with what we got. We do. Mm-hmm. We're at a blindness organization today and talking about this. There's an older lady kind of sitting next to us and saying they legally have to provide somebody. Because she she worked at um, OMSI, which is another um, museum in Portland. It's a science museum. It's a science museum, yeah. But I don't know if that's true. I've never had luck getting a docent at a museum. When I went to D.C., they didn't have any. Yeah, so you had to kind of provide your own guide. Yeah. I mean, she could try for sure. Um, but you know, and, and that would be, and her efforts would be, um, very valuable, but I don't know. And it's great that it's illegal and they should have it, but if they don't, what are we going to do? Like, honestly, what would we've done, even if we were able to do this trip back in December? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? 
Yeah, and, and in December, it would have been super cold to do, you know. We still could have made it happen, we, but it would have been a lot different. We could have made it happen, but then I didn't, you know, I didn't know these people until uh, January. Yeah. So, I'm going to reach out to a couple of people. Okay. And you're going to reach out to a couple of people. And yeah. hopefully, I don't didn't come off as a stalker to the lady who works at the Oregon Historical Society. I don't think so. I mean, you only called her once. But we've emailed a lot. I know. Yeah. But... You know, I, 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 I think you genuinely, you genuinely wanted to know information. Exactly. And what, you know, and, and people have said to us growing up, you know, well, if you don't know something, ask, right? I, I would make the argument that I did ask, but you wanted me to ask again. So I did. Yes. 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 We so, just want to make doubly sure. Exactly. Know. We're pole blind folk okay. and we just want to have some fun at a museum before we die. We're not dying yet. I don't know. I had a weird chest pain thing this week. And my arm was um, really sore. Did I tell you this? Did you work out that week? No, well, I didn't work out the day before I did this. When did it stop um, hurting? Like um, yesterday. Oh. It was like really sore and my chest was hurting. <laughs> Are you okay now? I think so. But if I, <sighs> if I die, I want to die here. No, I don't want you to die here. Well... I, mean, I wouldn't want to die here. We've had this discussion before, so I don't want to belong the point. But I think it would be best if I died here because then you'd know immediately. And there wouldn't be like a whole period of waiting. But maybe I could die here in a couple of years and not tonight. Oh. What? That all depends on where we where you know, if we're still together in two years. That's true. You know. You I'd know, like to think so. You know, it would be great, babes, mm -hmm. if you break up with me and as I'm getting ready to leave, I just collapse over and die. That's not good. Oh. That would be a horrible breakup. <laughs> that would be the worst breakup ever. That would be a good plot to a movie, right? <laughs> what? A woman is upset because her man keeps cheating and can't find anybody to go to the Motown exhibit with her. <laughs> Let's call him Frank. Okay. And since I like the name Jessica, we'll call her Justina instead. Is that Jessica? Yes, because you have a problem with the name Jessica. No, I so don't. Frank I, don't and I don't have a problem with Jessica. Okay. Frank but I just, you know, yeah. Okay. Frank and Justina. And Justina is upset. She decides that she's going to break up with Frank. They've been going out for a number of years. She tells him, it's over, Frank. He stands up to leave her house and collapses. And now, since they've been going out for a long time and she kind of knows the family, she's in a bind because she's glad that he's dead because, you know, he's not going to bother her anymore. But yet the family still sees her as part of the, you know, group. So what does she do? Oh, the so the family feels because like of, she's one of them. Yeah, because they don't know that she just broke up with Frank because he died like 30 seconds later. <laughs> I don't know. That would, that would be a really funny uh, dark comedy. Yeah, I think we should write that. Oh After, you know, oh goodness, of course. Oh, goodness. First, I got to finish my portion of the book. Uh oh But. Maybe. What? Maybe it should be called. Um, um, hmm. I have to think about that. Let's be frank. <laughs> I don't know. Let's be frank. No. We'll come up with something at a later date, babes. But before then. A relationship to die for. Okay, we don't have to worry about titles right now. But we got the basic idea. 
Uh, that could that could be a funny movie. Chaos ensues. <laughs> Comedy all around. Misunderstood <laughs> communication. Well, good. Babes. Yeah. I saw that Kenny Parker has his own YouTube channel now. Oh, I don't even know who that is. Kenny Parker is a DJ for the defunct group Boogie Down Productions. Uh And he is the younger brother, I want to say, of Blastmaster KRS-One. Oh, really? Who was, you know, the lead rapper for BDP. Okay. And he's also mentioned in that song, My Philosophy, which according to you, you've never heard. Mm-mm. This is lecture number two, My Philosophy. Number one was poetry. You know it's me. And then later in the song, he says, um, my brother's name is Kenny. That's Kenny Parker. I see you as much darker. I think that's how it goes. But anyways. Okay. That's off the album by All Means Necessary, which came out in 88. Uh-huh. I think in 90, BDP released the album Edutainment. Uh-huh. And on there is a song called The Kenny Parker Show. Oh, wow. Which Exhibit remade uh-huh. like 10 years later. Oh, wow. So it's kind of funny that now Kenny Parker does have a show. Oh, wow. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of his brother, but he speaks. There's a lot of pauses, which really? I think is good. But I think maybe he over-enunciates. Over-enunciates? Yeah. Okay. What do you think about this? I don't know because I don't. I've never heard that guy speak. You okay. think he? You think he? Um, he wants. He does it for dramatic effect. I don't know. I think he could speak just a little bit faster. But people tell me that I need to slow up sometimes. So slow up or slow down. I just said slow up. That's a slang term, babes. Okay. Yeah. Well, I never heard that one. Before. I don't. Yeah. Um. What? Go ahead. What did you say? I I don't know. Apple. No, I didn't. I didn't. Never heard about it. Oh, good. Um, sometimes I feel like I talk too fast when yeah. I listen to recordings of myself, and I'm like, "Oh, I sound like I'm talking way too fast." Well, good. Well, good. It is interesting hearing him tell stories about KRS and performances. The other day, I was watching a video where he was saying that usually. Most rappers who are on a bill with KRS-One want him to close the show because he's such a great entertainer. Right. Which kind of sounds like hype unless you know hip-hop. And most fans of rap who are over the age of 20 Mm -hmm. and don't really care for mumble rap are big KRS-One fans. Like, he's in my top five favorite MCs. Yeah, mumble rap is really annoying. Right, but, you know, KRS-One, to be in my top five, that's really saying something. Yeah. He talks about how there was only two exceptions to KRS-One shutting down a show where it didn't go as planned Uh and he wasn't the best performer. Okay. Once was in the early 90s when they were doing a show with a tribe called Quest. Uh And the other time was when they were performing with Run DMC. Oh, wow. And both of them just like blew the lid off that mofo. Oh, wow. To speak, you know, uh, slang terminology. Yes. Yes. Okay. But watching his videos, like, led me down the KRS-One rabbit hole, which is not a new thing for me. Yeah. 
You've done that many times, it sounds like. Many, many times. I love his music. Many times over. I mean, don't get me wrong. He has some bad albums. Yeah. And some songs that I don't really appreciate. But I think as a musical artist, you can't deny his influence in hip-hop. Right. Now, having said that, I did see a video that was a little bit cringe. Really? Yes. So It was really cringe weather? Well, let me tell you what happened. How much do you know about Scott LaRock? Nothing. Okay. So whatever you tell me, I'll, I'll really don't have any reference. Let me break this down for you. This is the best way I understand it. KRS-One became homeless, uh-huh. right? When? This was when he was, I think, in his late teens. So before he became famous. Exactly. Okay. And he checks himself into a group home. Mm-hmm. He meets a counselor named Scott. Mm-hmm. And Scott is also like a DJ. Mm-hmm. They become friendly and they start boogie down productions. Wow. Okay. They put out Criminal Minded, which is a hip hop classic and by all means necessary. Mm-hmm. I believe Scott LaRock was killed in 88 shortly after oh. the release of By All Means Necessary, right? Really? Yeah. And to this day, Karis one will still give him shots out in songs. Shout outs in songs? Yeah. He'll still say, you know, Scott LaRock, R.I.P., that type of thing. Mm-hmm. In the video for My Philosophy, I, I hope that's the right video I'm thinking of, there's a baby mm-hmm. in the video. Mm-hmm. And that baby is Scott LaRock Jr., who mm-hmm. is maybe nine months old when his dad died. Oh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Wednesday night, I go to Murder Mystery Improv, do that, and then come home. Mm -hmm. And I'm scrolling through YouTube, not really wanting to, you know, go to bed. I see a video, and it's an interview with Scott LaRock Jr. Wow. So I watch it. And the host is asking him about his life. And Scott LaRock Jr., said that nobody from BDP kept in contact with his family. Nobody gave them any money with the exception of D-Nice, who was a rapper in like the late 80s, early 90s. And he said that everybody else completely ignored the family. He never got any of the royalties from the songs they made. And he basically says that he doesn't like KRS-One as a human being. He went to a KRS-One show to talk to him once. Yeah. And he describes going backstage. There's all these people from the Nation of Islam in KRS-One's dressing room, even mm-hmm. though KRS-One is not a five percenter. He, a five percenter? Yeah, that's with the Nation of Islam. Oh. That's part of their, their oh. stuff. Oh, okay. And he says that he left the place. It was either that or he was going to punch out KRS-One. Wow. That was really sad to hear. Yeah. That is really sad to hear. And he made the argument there was a period of time where Scott LaRock Jr. went a few years without talking to D-Nice. Mm-hmm. And D-Nice just like went back to the building where Scott LaRock Jr. was living and went to his door. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know, if D-Nice could find me, why couldn't KRS-One? And I thought about it like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And KRS-One is like hip-hop royalty. Mm-hmm. So if he goes into the projects... Like, nobody's going to bother him. He's mm-hmm. KRS. Mm-hmm. If anything, they're going to, like, respect him more for going to see Scott LaRock's son. Yeah. 
That was kind of sad to hear that. Oh, but Scott, so Scott LaRock was uh, his producer, right? Yeah, his producer slash DJ. Wow. That's, uh, that is really sad. I mean, it's like, is that how you treat the son of your, um, your good friend? Yeah, who you still shot out in songs. Uh-huh. That's just not good. So, I love KRS, but let's talk some more shit about him real quick. Throughout the years, he's always talked about African Bombada and what an influence African Bombada has been on him. Mm-hmm. Um... You know about the allegations against African Bombada? No, I, I, no, no, I, I haven't been keeping up with that. Okay, this happened. I don't know, less than ten years ago, a bunch of men came out and said when they were little kids that African Bombada uh, was inappropriate with them sexually. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that KRS One was, mm-hmm. and it also doesn't mean that KRS knew about it. Mm-hmm. But it is a little bit weird, and. I knew somebody who worked with KRS one summer. Really? Now, this person said that KRS is like a real human being. It was hard to get his attention, but if you got his attention, he'd stop and talk to you, Mm -hmm. which made me feel really, really good. Mm -hmm. But then it goes to the thing of, wow, KRS-One isn't perfect either. Mm -hmm. And I, I, of course, I knew that, but I didn't like really internalize that because you want to believe the myth. That he is this really intelligent dude who cares about the community. And you want to believe that he's trying to do the right thing. And maybe he is, but maybe he's just like the rest of us and he slips up. Well, that just, that just, um, you know, that just means that we have um, unrealistic expectations of celebs. Because... They're really famous, whether it's on social media or whether it's in Hollywood or what have you. They're just famous personalities. And there are times where you think that they're one way, like you think that they're all stuck up, but they're really not. Other times where you think that they could be the nicest person, but they're really not. So that just means that we have expectations of other humans that are unrealistic. They're just humans like us are just more famous. And do you think that I put KRS One on a bit of a pedestal then? Yes, I have mm. to say. Mm. And we have to stop doing that because, you know, you put Ice Cube on a pedestal. And when I told you the stories, you're like, oh, that's horrible. Yeah. But, um, and we don't know. I mean, maybe he was going through a period of time where he just was, didn't, you know, was done with everything. And we don't know that. For a quick reminder, uh, back in the day, Ice Cube was not only really rude to both of your sisters, but your brother-in-law, on a separate occasion, went to see a concert, mm-hmm. and Ice Cube was one of the performers. And according to your brother-in-law, Ice Cube was a real dick. Well, I mean, in in uh, for lack of a better term, yeah. I mean, he he didn't care. I mean, my brother-in-law told my sister that, you know, I don't care if he's Ice Cube, but... You can't treat your fans like that. That's basically what he said. Which is odd because it's very close to me on who's the better rapper, Ice Cube or KRS-One, or who I like more. Mm -hmm. I go with Ice Cube, but it's very close. Mm -hmm. Like, if somebody said they like KRS-One slightly more than Ice Cube, I would disagree, but it wouldn't be like a strong argument, you know, because it's so close in my mind on between the both of them in different ways. And yeah, that that did upset me. And I and I also knew somebody who met Ice Cube once and said that he was a great guy. 
So, and people, and there's mixed, you know, there's a mixed bag of experiences that people can have with other celebrities. I mean, they could be nice to some people and really rude to other people. Yeah. Um, but that just means that we have unrealistic expectations of celebrities and we have to stop that because they probably, I mean, if you ask a majority of celebrities, they probably would tell you don't get famous. That's true. I've heard a lot of them say that. Because if you get famous, it's, you're going to have to change your life. You're going to have to change your life, um, dramatically Mm -hmm. because you're going to be walking down the street and people, you wouldn't be able to get out of your home without people. You know, without paparazzi all over the place. If they know what you're, if you're a name brand. Yeah. They're not going to, you're not going to be able to go anywhere. And would that be better than uh, some average go Joe uh, guy or girl that is trying to um, get by with what they've got? Um, I would personally not want to be famous, to tell you the truth. See, I would. But I'd like to be famous for the right thing. Like, if I was famous the way that Cube or KRS was famous, like if people loved me because I'm a great rapper, that would be totally cool to me. But it's also easy for me to say that right now, you know. I just noticed that the people that are the most famous, I mean, depending on how they spend their time and depending on how they spend their money, some of them are really miserable, it seems like. It does seem like that. Like, they're very lonely and they have... Um, short fuses and you can't talk to them unless you go through their publicist or something like that. Really, um, you know, they're just, they just, they're just high maintenance and they're depressed and they're drinking and doing drugs and they're also beating their women or their children. Then honestly, it's like, okay, probably not. And probably a good thing that I'm not famous. So back in the day. Yeah. I used to go on DVD.com a lot to read the articles and also just to check out what was in the message boards. What was it? What was the website? DVD.com. Uh-huh. It's still around, but it's not updated nearly as much. Mm-hmm. But I was on there a lot for a couple of years, reading different hip hop stories. And I remember this guy had an article about how he was a rapper. But he wasn't super successful. He was like a local MC who was also a teacher. So one summer he went out on tour with KRS-One. And I think he said that KRS didn't pay him what he said that he was going to. And he started, I hope I'm remembering the story right, because this was like 2004. And he started a website called KRS-One is fucking stupid. And I clicked on it and I laughed because it had like the worst picture you could ever want on KRS-One. And there was all these, you know, comments talking about how he says this, but he doesn't do that. Somebody made like a website? Yes. Mm. And it was funny. But at the same time, it has always stuck in the back of my mind like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. Like he doesn't pay people. What he should. And then, but then, you know, you can kind of excuse that as, okay, maybe this is just some guy off the internet. But when you hear an interview with Scott LaRock's son and he's saying that his family didn't get anything, oh, that was tough. That was really tough to watch. Yeah. And and I've watched, you know, different shows. It doesn't matter what show it is. And they have episodes about um, being disappointed in your heroes. Yeah. And who do you want to be your hero? And that um, a lot of times, you know, heroes and, um, you know, human beings in general disappoint us. 
And that just means that they're just as much a flawed human being as everybody else's. I'm watching an interview that Kenny Parker gave to, I think it was Hip Hop DX, mm -hmm. promoting his new book. And Kenny even said that he, and I hope I, I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I hope I'm getting it right. But he's like, it's so funny that people call, you know, Karis is one, his, his real name is Chris. Mm -hmm. So I think he said, it's really funny that people. I thought it was Lawrence. Well, but he goes by Chris. Chris Parker. Yeah, yeah, Chris Parker. He said, it's really funny that people call him the teacher because I was always a good student. And Chris, people thought that he was special needs for a while. Hmm. Because when he would go to school, he'd spend most of his time being quiet and just like looking outside the window. Oh, wow. And he said, I would come home with straight A's or B's. And Chris would come home with, like, D's and F's. Wow, really? Yeah. His brother Kenny said that. Kenny said that, yeah. Wow. As I, wow. But but you think, I mean, did he did he work his way, you know, did he have to work hard to get the knowledge that he has? Yeah. You know. And, again, I've only really known one people, one person who kind of knew KRS. Mm -hmm. And that guy said that KRS was an avid reader. Mm-hmm. And it's also possible that some people's intelligence doesn't work well with schools. Mm -hmm. But it really has kind of made me, like, rethink KRS a little bit this week. Yeah. Uh, were you disappointed or were you thinking, mm, maybe I should think of him differently? I don't know. I was a little bit disappointed, but the Scott LaRock Jr. clip was the thing that really was like, oh, Chris, this is, I can't hear this about you, bro. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to hear, but, you know... Um, some people need to to uh, to share that, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it is hard. It's like you think, well, you valid you valued your friendship with Scott LaRock, but why would you treat his son like that? Exactly. Why? Yeah, and maybe you could say, well, Chris can't visit him every single day, but maybe you could write him some letters, or maybe you or could call him. Yeah, or maybe just make sure that the publishing is correct. So that he gets money from the songs that Scott LaRock worked on, mm -hmm. right? But I don't know. Or or at least call him. Yeah. You know, or send him, you know, send him a letter like you said and say, hey, I just want to know how you're doing. I know I haven't been uh, talking to you much, but I just, you know, I'm a friend of your dad's and I wanted to know that I'm thinking about you or something. Yeah. Just a card even. Mm-hmm. I was in Denver in 2006 and teaching a philosophy class. Oh, you, you that was one day that you were teaching? Yeah. Uh, my philosophy, just like KRS-One. Oh. But I'm, you know, basically what that meant was I was telling the story about my life. Yeah. Right? And I told the story about how I'm over at my mom's house one day listening to KRS-One and she brings in somebody and the per person my mom brought in, me and him started talking about KRS-One mm -hmm. and I stopped myself in the middle of the story and I turned to the, you know, other blind people and I say, but none of you here know who KRS-One is. So I'm going to move on from this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I tell the rest of my story, it wraps up and the person who was like one of the teachers there says, you know, Rick, I really liked your story, but you said one thing that was wrong, that nobody here knows who KRS-One <laughs> is. I'm also a KRS-One fan. <laughs> did you say it like that? He did. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So, it's not just me who's a KRS-One fan. And I, so I, I, I think what I hear you saying is I can still respect and enjoy the music 
But maybe I should look at it like the man might not be perfect. Well, I mean, it's just like John Lennon. And we talked about John Lennon. Yeah. And we talked about other people. Um, great musicians, but real jerks in real life. Mm-hmm. You know, John Lennon wasn't perfect. He didn't treat women perfectly. He didn't treat people with disabilities the way that they, he, you know, they should have been treated. But he's just as much a human. And we have to stop putting them on these pedestals and yes. almost worshiping these people because... They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be thought of as idols. No, they they really shouldn't be idol uh, uh, idolized because they could fail us just as much as anybody else could. And I real I'm realizing that as I get older. Yeah. You well, know. yes. So, but we still love his music. At least I do. Alana, you don't think you've ever heard any of his stuff? Uh, I heard the name. I'm I'm not really like a like a avid hip hop person, but mm-hmm. I have heard the name, so I'm. It isn't like I don't know who that is, but I... Oh, you have heard one of his songs, but you probably don't remember it. Yeah. When we watched... What was it? Beat Street? We last year? We didn't watch Beat Street, did what we? What did we watch? Um, Streetwise. Not Streetwise. It was a movie. It was like an early Oh, rap Wild movie. Style. Wild Style. That's yeah. what it was. Wild Style, yeah. And afterwards, you and I started talking about Blondie and that song, The Rapture. I played it for you, and I said... You might remember this because it was sampled by KRS-One, and then I played you his version of it. Oh, okay. I, I, I heard part of that one, yeah. Yes. And then she, I like the part when she does that rap thing like, Fab Five Freddy and da 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 and But he sampled the, he, he sampled the, step into my world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but you probably didn't recognize that as KRS. No, I didn't. Yes. We, I will have to turn you on to some of his music because I'm still going to listen to his stuff. Yeah, and I've been should. listening to a lot of it this week. Yeah, you should. Yes. I mean, you know, like, like, um, you know, I do enjoy some of Phil Collins' music, but I also know that he, um, has problems with alcohol. Exactly. Um, I have heard that he does like to talk to his fans, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Amy Winehouse make, made great music, but had a, a drug and alcohol problem, and that um, and she was killed because of it. Yeah, but here here's a little bit of a difference between KRS and let's say Phil Collins mm-hmm. is like most rappers, you hear that they're problematic, and it's kind of cool because you're supposed to be a bit of an outlaw. But with Chris, because he portrays himself as this learned man who is spiritually like in line and he's done that for so many years. And again, he is hip hop royalty in a sense. It's, it's actually a disappointment with him Mm. because of that. Mm. Like if you heard that, let's say DMX never talked to the son of his DJ who was killed. Yeah. It would kind of be cool in an odd way, but hearing that about KRS one is like, Oh bro. I don't know. I don't know that it would be cool anyway, Bubs. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. That's just not right. You you don't treat people that you're close with that way. Not even if you're DMX. Not even if you're DMX, who's no longer with us. Who's no longer with us. Did he die two years ago? Or was it last year? No, uh, it's coming up on the anniversary because it was right after I got on Clubhouse. And the anniversary of that is next week. Oh, it was last year then. No, two years ago. Two years ago, okay. Almost two years ago. Almost two years ago. Yes. Well, we. I still love you, KRS. Your music, but uh, 
I don't know. If I ever meet you, I will not bring up Scott LaRock. <laughs> we'll talk about the Chris Styles album or Sneak Attack. Oh my goodness. Or, you know, um, so so many great songs. Yeah. So many great songs. Uh, yeah. And I you, and you hear those things about other people. Like there's always those rumors that like Guru was like very problematic in real life and wow. had his own issues. Anyway, but I'm still gonna be a Gangstar fan, so I guess I can still be a KRS one fan. Right. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. That's an that's a like another or a group rather that never got its due, in my opinion, was Gangstar. Hmm. But uh, that's a story for another time there. Jay, whoa. Okay. Okay. Babes. Yeah. I've been doing some reading. Good. Yes. I have to get back to my book. How far? Th- I No, I finished it already. But where are you in Pilgrim's Progress? I'm still... I have to find out where I am. I know that he um he meets up with that man that calls himself Help. And he also meets the... um worldly wise man and almost goes the same way that he does but she's not and it ends up not going here's my problem with the book but um don't give me any more information all right but i'm not going to spoil it for you i'm just Mm -hmm. going to say my main overall issue with it is it felt really simplistic especially with a lot of the names like, you couldn't come up with something that's, like, not so on the nose? Well, they're supposed to... I think there's a reason for that. I think that because the English was old, I think that the author of this version wanted to make it as simple so that anyone can, can understand it, especially for children. I mean, think of it that way. I mean, in, art, in an artistic way, instead of how on the nose it is. But from an artistic standpoint, it doesn't feel very creative to me. Well, maybe the postmodern Pilgrim's Progress will be a little bit So, it's like if I wrote a story about somebody who tells it like it is, and my main character's name is Frank. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't understand what you're talking because about. Because people always say, can I be frank with you when yeah. they want to be honest? Right. And if you had a character who just, like, was totally was honest, but his name was Frank. Oh. Well, I mean... I guess, but I guess I didn't see it that way. Except, like, every character, their name represents their what they're like. But I think it's because there's a message there. It's not just because of who they're like or what they're like. It's, I think it, they're, it's conveying a message as every story does. Right, but I think when you do that, you do yourself a disservice because you're making it too obvious. And sometimes you want to hide the message a little bit so it's not, you know, so out front because then it can get boring very quickly, in my opinion. I have a feeling you're the only one who thinks that way. Oh, my goodness. No, I'm just giving my opinion. That's fair, babes. As you give yours a lot. Oh, my goodness. I don't do it enough. Yes, you do it a lot. And I, I heal it a lot. Oh, my goodness. I read a book this week about the Chateau Marmont Hotel. Mm. In 1982, the anniversary is actually coming up on Sunday, Mm -hmm. which will be March 5th this year. John Belushi overdosed at the Chateau Marmont. Mm. And that's really all I knew about it for a very, very long time, was it's where Belushi died. 
but this book goes into all the details about it, how it was built in the late 1920s. It's been sold a number of times. It talked about like the employees who worked there. A lot of them would stay there for decades. It's sort of like this weird mix of a hotel slash condo where people will move in there and some of them will stay there for years, even though it's a hotel. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will just like check in for a little while. So they, they actually could live there. Yeah. And you could live in the actual hotel, but there's actual, there's a bungalows there too, in okay. case you don't want to stay in the, you the know, hotel, yeah. the building. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like it talked about how when Paul Newman and Joanne Woodworth were first starting to see each other, they would go there a lot. Who was the other actress? So when when before he married Joanne Woodward, he they he would meet her there. Yes. I think it was Shelley Winters. Really? Her husband cheated on her there. Mm -hmm. I hope I'm getting that story right. And then she caught them. Guess who's back? Back again. Back again. I'm going to have to edit that out at around 41 minutes. Okay. Um, but anyways, we just got a call from the person at the Oregon Historical Society. And I was thinking, oh, she's going to be like, oh, don't ever contact me again, you fucking creep. But that's not what she said to me. No, she was very nice. She was very nice. She was very nice. <laughs> she didn't use that language. She like, didn't use that. But, but she didn't even imply something like that. So, no. So basically what she said is while they don't have any docents right now, um, she would be more than happy to go through us through the exhibit with us next Saturday. So yes. I'm going to, in case we can't find somebody else, I'm going to email her on Wednesday of next week. So, um, yeah, I'm excited, babes. So, so I heard her say docent. I think docent is a way to pronounce it, but I don't, I, I've never heard it about, I never heard that term until you told me what it was. Oh, I'm surprised. Yeah. I, I just, you know, I, I never heard it just because I guess I don't go to museums very often. So I wouldn't know what a docent was. Yeah. But now I, I know what it is. I don't go all the time, but occasionally you want to get, you know, a little bit gussied up and go out to a mm -hmm. nice event. She seemed super enthusiastic, too. Yeah, she said, oh, yeah, I'll hang out with you. Nice, <laughs> nice. I just thought that was awesome. I'm like, hey, cool. Um, but if I can get, like, at least two more people to come. Yes. Uh, and and I won't have to worry so much about the guide. If we find one, we find one. But if we don't, we have one. Yes. Because she said, yeah, she, she wouldn't mind. She probably would love it, too. Oh, I'm now I'm hyped for next week. I know. And and we did the right thing too, babes, yes. because remember she said that normally she works Saturdays, but she's not gonna be there tomorrow. And and I and I'm glad that we uh we said no, we're actually thinking about coming next week instead. Yes. So I'm like, ooh, this is I think it's gonna happen. You the famous last words, right? But you know, I think even if I catch that Rona, I'm going. Thanks. No, I won't do that, but you know what I mean. No. And it's going to be the day after we go see Lady Smith Black Mombazo. Oh, that's my ring. Uh-oh. You know what? I'll check. Ah, oh, fuck. I just dropped my phone. No, it dropped on your thing. It, I, it fell, but it, it landed on your coffee table. Your no, nightstand. No, it's, it's a nightstand. The coffee table's in the living room. I'm dyslexic. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Yes. Go away. Hey. <laughs> no, it was on the nightstand. But I think this is going to be cool. I think it's going to happen. I think um, the one person I'm going to, um, one of the people I'm going to invite is going to be um, 
I think he's going to enjoy it. Yes. Um, and then I'm going to have a, a lunch with a friend on Monday and see if she wants to bring her guy. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, we'll go from there. Yes. Okay, I just saw who the text is from, and I'll talk to you about it afterwards. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. I know, I know, but we didn't know when, you know, we'll get, we'll get to, to that later, babes. Oh, jeez. I know, I know. <laughs> I know, babes. I know. You know. You know that I know, and I know that you know. Can I, can we segue here? Because I have to bring up my frustration here. <laughs> oh, is it with me? No. Okay, go ahead. No, it was just that I had a little bit of a flooding accident in my bathroom. And, and we'll get back to books after this. Thursday morning. We'll get back to books in a minute. But my uh, very kind and sweet manager, I emailed her that morning before I left for classes. And I said, hey, um, I need someone to come and look at my shower head because... Um, it caused a flood in my bathroom, and I don't know. I noticed that there's a leak in the shower head, and I don't want to use it because uh. I don't want another flooding accident to happen. So I, I cleaned it up promptly, and um, <clears throat> I ran to her this morning before I left, and she said, I tried to get somebody from the sister property, but they're out sick, so I'm going to get... What about the brother property? Oh, my goodness. Or the uncle property? Or the auntie property. Yeah. <laughs> auntie plop. Um, <laughs> but she said that um, the uh, maintenance guy that comes here is um, going to have to uh, look at it on Monday. So I'm glad she told me that so I wasn't, you know, going to need to check my email or anything. Okay. We're going to get a little bit crude for a second. Yeah, we are. I haven't taken a bath, I'm guessing, honestly, January of 1999. Well, I mean, unless you count, like, hot tubs, but that's not really a bath, right? It's just a hot tub, yeah. Yeah. And mainly the reason is because, like, you're in the water. So if you put your your head in to wash your head, you're washing it in the same water that your asshole is in. Well, first off, you and don't have to put your water in the, your head in the tub. I mean, you can, um, you know, if you don't want to do that, you can take a cup, put some water in it while you're draining the tub. If you decide to do that, or if you decide not to take a bath and, and pour the water over your head, you don't have to, I don't like putting my head in water. I probably won't wash my hair this weekend. Just because of that, because then I'm gonna have like ass hair. You don't have to put it in the water. You That's, just... Yeah, the, I won't be washing my no, hair. No, Bubs, Bubs, listen to me. Go ahead. What I'm saying is, you don't have to put it under the water. You can put the water on you. Put the water on your head. I might do that. You don't have to put your water, your head in the water. I, I, I... Nice. <laughs> so weird. Why? <laughs> I think most people think of it like that, babes. Not most people. And, and my and my my tub isn't like grimy or anything. It's not like nothing's growing in there. It's also the reason I get skeeved out when I see old bathtubs because I think how many people have had their ass in that tub. It's true. I'm I'm telling you the truth. That's not even meant as a joke. Oh. So that's just gross. Now let's get to something. Cause I'm the good boy. And I'm smart on most things. No, you're not. I am. No, good but I used to bathe with my mom until I was 39 years old. No, up you until didn't. last December. No, you didn't. And, and 
And by the way, she's been gone since 2015. Oh, she's been gone since 2015. So we stopped <laughs> taking baths together about seven years after she died. Don't ask. What? Bubs, you did not do that. Okay. I don't believe you. As a result, I don't know how to clean. <laughs> my, I know I can, I can handle my bottom and like my back. But I don't know how to clean the front side of my body. Yes, you do. And so I think what's going to have no, to happen tomorrow, babes, is no, it's not going to happen. You're you're going to have to come in and help me clean my front side. No, I'm not. No, no, no. You're a big boy. You can do that yourself. But I, I tell you, I bathed with my mom until like two months ago. No, even though she's been dead for, you know, even though she's been dead since 2015, and I stopped taking baths in. Well, 1999. Remember, I'm bad with math. Bubs, yes. you, you're better at math than I am. Thank you. Bubs. Yes. How could you? You don't have her ashes. I know. It's it's a weird thing, babes. <laughs> but if you're willing to help me with that, then no, I... No, you're a big boy. You can do but how I figure it out? I've never done it before. You know how to do it. Just as much as I know how to clean myself. Oh, good. Mm. What? What? I'm I'm being honest, boy. You'll no, you're not. You're being funny, boy. <laughs> funny, boy. <laughs> you're being silly, boy. Oh my goodness! But if I, I just want you to maybe stay by the bathtub just no, in case. No, I know, no, well, no, 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 no. Hold on, because my mom used to wash that area up until like a couple months ago. Bubs, she's been dead since 2015. That is. A good eight years ago. Like I said, smart guy, I'm not the best with math. Mm. So if you could just like no. stay by the bathtub. No, I'm not going to do that. No. Mm -mm. Why not? Because you're a big boy. You can clean yourself up. You're not just. But I wasn't taught how to. Yes, you. I wasn't taught how to. Well, then you're going to have to learn how to do that yourself, folks. I'm not going to do it. Oh, my goodness. You I'm won't. not going to give you a sponge bath. Well. Um, well, you know, that's the, like, that's a uh, line in, um, the notorious BIC, BIG song that I love where he's like, uh, I need about three weeks in the recovery of the nurses just loving me, saying the best part of the day is my half, feeding me breakfast and giving me a sponge bath. Oh my you know, that I always love that line. Of course. <laughs> that's such a great line. Mm. <laughs> but anyways, no I guess that's a couple bath. of lines together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about this later. Okay. Don't do you like that I was man enough to admit that I used to take baths with my mom up until last year? I like that you're man enough to make up something that totally wasn't true. Oh. <laughs> okay. Because I wouldn't be making something up like that. But. Oh, thank you, Leah. Jay Whoa. Oh, and I don't have my rubber ducky here. I don't have a rubber ducky. How how am I gonna take a bath without my rubber ducky? Ask Ernie. Oh my goodness. I don't have a rubber ducky. Why would you there? Jay you don't need a rubber ducky. Do you? I do. Uh, I don't you know, know how to, I, how am I going to play in the bathtub? Well, I don't have any toys. What am I going to do? Uh no, There's no. you know just take a quick bath. You'll okay. be fine. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, We'll make it through it. I might have to take a bubble bath. Oh, bubble baths are great. Yes. They're wonderful. I There's something in my bubble bath that after I'm done, it just feels, I feel so relaxed and it makes me feel like I just came out of a spa and, I, and I've never been to a full spa. Nice. I've never been to a day at the spa, a spa, because they do all kinds of stuff. They do like facials and I love massages. getting a good facial. 
Huh? I love doing a good facial. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't even want to know what you're thinking, Bubbly. <laughs> but anyways, babes. Anyway. Uh, I Facials, love... massages, um, jacuzzis. Yes, yes. You know. They uh, also have isolation tanks at some spas now. That's where oh, I went wow. to go and, and check one out. Didn't you say it felt really weird? Like you was you weren't able to relax that much? I wasn't, but I was also going through some stuff at the time. I would love to really give the isolation tank another shot. It sounds so weird. Like, are you like floating there? Yeah, and the water is at body temperature. So the idea is you get in there and it's just a little bit of water. So you kind of float. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to knock out all your other senses. According to Joe Rogan, it's really good for creativity. Didn't you say you can hallucinate in there? If you're yeah, not you're supposed to. That sounds weird. Oh, my goodness. Well, people hallucinate on shrooms, too. I know that. That's not that weird. Yeah, it is. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Isolation tanks. I bet it's cool, babes, to do like a, a couple of shrooms and then go in there, but not like a whole bunch. You know, you just do enough to um, like you kind of like microdose. I bet that's really cool. Well, I'm not going to encourage that behavior. Yeah, Alana, I love her, but she's never done mushrooms. And I'm not going to at this point. Oh. Nope. I'm not going to change. Well, I love you, babes. Mm. What? I do. What? Mocking boy. I'm not mocking boy. I'm with mocking girl. You've been mocking boy all the time. Oh, idioms. Ever since you got to know me, it was mocking boy. Ever since what now? Ever since you got to know me, it's mocking boy. No, I'm funny boy, babes. There's a difference. But J-Lo. Yeah. Getting back to the books real quick. Okay. Chateau Marmont, a lot of famous people have stayed there over the years. Tony Randall was there when John Belushi died. He was at one of the other bungalows. And they said it was really difficult because they had to get, you know, the paramedics in there, get the body taken away. But they also put a high premium on privacy. So that was a complicated thing. Robert De Niro used to stay there all the time. And he was friends with John Belushi in that period. And according to the book, a news crew made it up to Robert De Niro's bedroom because he was staying in the actual hotel. And they were knocking on his door asking him for a comment on John Belushi's death. Oh, wow. That's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. Yes. It is weird. Yeah, it's really weird. So um, the bungalows, were the bungalows like full-on um, houses? That's what it made it seem like. Like they're kind of like mini, kind of like townhouses was the impression I got from the book. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And it said something about there was a movie. I don't know if it was made at the Chateau Marmont or Robert De Niro was in town to make it. It was that one with... Um, Mike Nichols was going to direct it, and then that kind of fell through, but that inspired some other film. Mm. I know that's very vague, but, you know, yeah, what is. do I remember about it? Mm. But it was a really good book. Oh, well. What do you think about this place now that you know a little bit more? It sounds like it was fraught with uh, entertainment, mystery, but also 
um, some bad stuff in here. Yeah, you know who was also a regular there? Who's there? Wallace Shawn. Really? Yep. The great Wallace Shawn. The great huh? Wallace Shawn. The Grand Negus himself. Yep. I know that's inconceivable, but apparently it's Inconceivable. True. <laughs> <laughs> He's so great in that movie. Yeah. He's great in everything. He's great as a voice actor. He was great in Clueless. Yep. So a lot of famous people uh, like the Chateau Marmont. And it was saying, oh, God, there's so many stories. Griffin Dunn used to go there a lot when he would cover trials. And his son basically spent, kind of grew up there. You know that song, For What It's Worth, by Buffalo Springfield? Yes. Stop. Hey, what's that sound? And yep. you know the, how that was actually like about protesting curfew laws. Apparently that... Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, the area where they were protesting was like right outside of the Chateau Marmont. I didn't I didn't know that it was about curfew laws. I thought it was about something else, but... No, people think that it's like this deep thing, but it's not about Vietnam. It's, it's about like curfew laws on the Sunset Strip. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Yes. Yes. And then I read a book about... Henry Fonda mm -hmm. and Jimmy Stewart. I think it's called Hank and Jim. I was just looking on my phone. Mm -hmm. It's by that dude. Uh, what's his name? Scott Iman. He's done other books I liked. He did print the legend about, uh, was it John Ford? I want to say. And mm -hmm. a couple other books too. But uh, I didn't know that Jimmy Stewart and Henry Fonda were really good friends for like 50 years. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure. I thought that Jimmy Stewart might have been a conservative considering high, how highly he spoke of the military, but I didn't know for sure. Apparently he was. For some reason, I also thought that Henry Fonda was conservative, but apparently he was super liberal. And I know you could say, oh, his daughter is Jane Fonda. Of course, he's going to be liberal. Yeah. But I always thought that, like, he, there was a generational divide between the two of them. Uh, but it was interesting reading about their friendship. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yes. Oh, and so so he, was friends with, he was friends with Henry Fonda, Jimmy Stewart. They were good friends for, like, 50-plus years, I just said, or 50 years. Wow. Yeah. And they were saying in the book that Jimmy Stewart was, like, an old man before he was even really that old. Really? Yeah, but it's just, like, his temperament. Like, they said he wasn't just conservative in politics. He was conservative in life in general. So, meaning, if Jimmy Stewart found a meal he liked at a restaurant, mm -hmm. every time he would go to that restaurant, he'd order that meal. Wow. So, there is some restaurant in Hollywood that him and his wife, Gloria, would go out and eat, uh -huh. to eat at all the time in L.A. Uh-huh. And every time he went there, he'd order the same meal for like 10 years before he'd switch it up. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And there's other things like that about him in the book. I still like Jimmy Stewart, even though he's a conservative. Oh, my goodness. You don't have to mention that, bub. I, I do still like his work. I can respect his work. Yeah, but you don't have to put politics in it all the time. Well, <laughs> and also, let's, let's be honest, unlike most conservatives, he actually stood by his beliefs. He went to war. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, I think he's one of the most true, true conservatives ever. And, yeah, um, and I think it's great. I would tell you this: I'm, 
as you know, much to your chagrin, I'm not a huge fan of conservatives. I know, big shock. Having said that, a conservative who actually stands by their belief by joining the military gets more respect uh, from me than somebody like, let's say, Sean Hannity does, who just pontificates on TV. And we found out that he's a big fat liar, and and um, and it's a good thing I don't uh, watch his show anymore. Alana did the research based on what I said about him lying about January sixth. In fact, is true. Mm-hmm. And so did Tucker Carlson, and so did Laura Ingram, and I'm thankful that I don't watch any of their shows anymore. Maybe I'm wrong, babes, but for some reason I thought you were a Tucker Carlson fan until recently. I, I was for a while. I mean, I I haven't watched a show in a long time, but I've been hearing things that I thought he stood by. But after that, yes, I was until recently. But But after I found out that it was confirmed that he was lying about what he said, I'm like, Oh, geez, was all those show, you know, watching his shows, was that all for naught? Yeah. Because if he's going to say this stuff on TV, people are going to believe it and it's going to sound real. But now that we know that he wasn't telling the truth, it's like, it's, it's disappointing. It's just like, just like how I said earlier, we have unrealistic expectations about celebrities. Exactly, yeah. And I was telling you, too, with Tucker Carlson, that thing about how Joe Biden's son, uh, what's his name, the one with the laptop, Hunter Hunter Biden, was trying to help uh, Tucker Carlson's son get into, I think it was Georgetown University. And I didn't listen to that clip yet, I will, um, because you you told me that he called, he he wrote him, I think, and said, thank you for doing that. Yeah, and... And 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 it's and the clip I sent you was from Secular Talk, which is a very liberal outlet, but it apparently was leaked by a conservative person. And it's disappointing because he is the first; he's one of the first people to talk about the elites. And if he wasn't an elitist, like if he wasn't born from an elite family, that would be different. But he is. Yep. And it's like, okay, if you're gonna say, "Hey, look, um, I know that it looks as if I am." And elitist, elitist because of my family, but I'll tell you why I'm not. Like, I would respect him more if he said that. But he's been um, talking about the Koch brothers. Um, he's been talking about um, elitists in general. And I'm like, well, I didn't know for sure if he was actually from the Swanson family, but it was also confirmed that he was too. Yeah, so because like, and I've been telling you that for a while too. Yeah, but I, I wasn't sure if that was true. Um, and it's just like, you know... People, millions of people are watching you, but probably less so now that we found that you're a big fat liar, that you can't, you can't lie to viewers and get away with it. It's just, people are going to find out. Yeah. And it's one thing if you got something wrong Mm -hmm. or if you actually believe something that wasn't true and then you came out later, right? So I know I don't like Tucker Carlson, but I'll give him credit on something. And I actually found this out listening to TYT. Originally, he was in favor of the war in Iraq. But in fairness to him, a lot of people were, including many liberals. But apparently he switched his tune in 2004, Mm. which even then that was kind of rare. So for something like that, he deserves credit. But... If you're going to go on TV and say something that you don't believe is true at the time, mm-hmm. that and you present yourself as a news anchor, 
That's super I, I think you got it backwards. Tell me. Saying something that you that people think you believe is true and yeah. then coming out and saying that you didn't believe it to begin with. Yeah, that's a better way to say it's it. It's very disingenuous and um and then it makes you question, well, the, why should I have why should I have been listening to it? I really wish I would have found out later or I'm sorry, I wish I would have found out earlier so I would have made my decision. Mm-hmm. And I would have not watched Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, or Tucker Carlson because they had to testify about this. Yep. And um, it, it's disappointing. It really is. So we'll have to see what happens. And Rupert Murdoch threw Janine Pirro under the bus during his court-ordered testimony this week. Wow. Saying that she had also made stuff up about January 6th. Oh, you mean like she she believed that it was that, that there was no that she lied that she lied about January six, really, and she knowingly lied. And 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 my question, so I asked a question last week, and you agreed with my question. Yeah. If Kevin McCarthy, um, why would okay? So if if Tucker if Tucker Carlson didn't believe what he said before about January six, why then would Kevin McCarthy give him footage? He could have given it to, to anybody. Exactly. He could have given it to um, people that were not just in Congress, but people that wanted to know information that maybe not maybe was not a conservative. Yeah. Instead of Tucker Carlson, who is one of the worst people he could give it to. And you're only giving it to him. So I think the way McCarthy should have handled it, honestly, is say anybody can have access to to these records and exactly. go through it. So and the way we're going to do it is we're just going to make a public website. All the footage is there. We know it's a lot to go through, but anybody can go through it. That's the way I would feel. He should have put it out on, um, he should have put it out on social media or something somewhere where people can access it. Yeah. Anybody can not give it to Tucker Carlson. And then that's the end of it. I don't know. I mean, I, it may not be the end of it, but why would he give it to someone who obviously now doesn't believe that there was election fraud? I don't get it. Yeah. And I know you haven't looked into it, but you know that I've looked into the allegations of Tucker Carlson being a racist. And it looks pretty legit to me. So Now, here's what I'll say. Yeah. He should not have been stalked at his house. I don't believe. No, I, and I agree with you on that. Because his wife was was scared and they were going to come after him and his wife and his kids. Yeah. He shouldn't have been stalked like that. Any, nobody should be stalked like that. But if you're going to present yourself as being a true conservative, but you're going to lie to your conservative v- viewers, that doesn't sit well with me. No. And if your colleagues, your fellow colleagues who people have watched over the years is going to lie the same way then um, that really, really doesn't make them look good. Exactly. Exactly. So we'll see what happens with that. I'm sure the saga will continue. Yes. But I hope that Kevin McCarthy, which I'm not really, I don't trust him, but either him or somebody else, I hope they put that footage out for everybody to see because they need to know this. Absolutely. People that don't believe it is and people who believe that there was we need to see it for our own eyes. Yep. People are asking questions. We need to know what's really going on here. Exactly. And and here's the thing, too. If your evidence is sound, then you should just give it to the world, right? Because then yeah. people... And 
I know, I know you don't know much about this guy. I honestly think he should have given it to Michael Lindell because he's been speaking out about this for a long, he's been speaking out about this for a long time. He's been speaking out about election fraud for a while. He could have easily put that out on social media because he wants people to know this. Well, I'm not a Mike Lindell fan, but if, if he would have said, okay, let's give it to everybody, including Mike Lindell, I wouldn't have a problem with it. He, I honestly think Mike Lindell would have, would have taken matters into his own hands and would have um, had it out for everybody to see. Mm. He would even, I mean, he's a, the person who would, he, who said, hey, I will sit down with any liberal and I will go through all the, all the um, evidence that I have, including all this footage. Oh, we, that reminds me, we got to talk about the Jimmy Kimmel thing too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I'm going to say when it comes to Jimmy Kimmel? Uh, that you don't, you don't watch him much. Well. I yes, but that's actually not what I was gonna say. Mm-hmm. It came out in uh, some documents this week, the, you know, through the Twitter files, I guess, mm-hmm. that Trump tried to get Jimmy Kimmel fired for making jokes about him. Oh, okay. So, well, conservatives are against cancel culture. Yeah. So, how does that whole thing work? I don't know. I don't care. Oh. Well, wait a second. I thought cancel culture is all. No, 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 no. I care about cancel culture, but the 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 Jimmy Kimmel stuff. I mean, as far as like making jokes about President Trump, I I don't know. I I just I'm just kind of out of the Jimmy Kimmel loop. But um, I don't know. I I I'm, I'm I don't really pay too much attention to a lot of the Twitter files unless it really, really, really is important. Okay, but don't you think it's important? And, the, and we, we don't have to spend all day harping on this, that the Republicans say that they are against cancel culture. And yet the leader of their party was trying to get Jimmy Kimmel fired for making jokes about him. I don't know, Bubs. I have no idea. I, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I just pick my own battles and this is not one I want to fight. Okay. It's not one I want to fight. It's just like, no, okay. Unless it actually means something to people, unless it actually is that important that people should be listening to, then I'll pay attention to the the Twitter files. Yeah, see, and, and, and then we'll drop this. I would only say that it's important because, and I don't like Jimmy Kim. I don't hate him, but I don't watch his show, and it's I, I'm and just not into that stuff. I don't but. watch I don't watch late night TV anymore, so I could really kill care less about the jokes that he now, says. Yeah, but that said. It does seem hypocritical to me that Republicans are always talking how bad cancel culture is, but they can look the other way, potentially, if it's about Jimmy Kimmel, a liberal. Like, if you're against cancel culture, you should be against it on all sides. That's just what I would say about it. Okay. Well, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I just pick my battles and I pick which ones I I am passionate about, and this one I'm not really too passionate about. Meanwhile, I'll tell you something that happened to me about a week and a half ago. Okay. I This was before the snowstorm, a couple of days earlier. Mm -hmm. Having lunch with a friend of mine who's a conservative, Mm -hmm. okay? Big Trump person. And I make some flipping comment like Rick often does about, oh, I mean, I guess you don't like anybody else besides for Trump, right? And he's Mm -hmm. like... You know, I don't really think I like Trump that much much anymore. And then he goes on this diatribe against Trump, which I was kind of shocked by because 
for as long as I know this person, he's been a rah-rah Trump supporter. And now he's trying to say that even though he's more conservative, Trump isn't his guy anymore. I think he's a wuss. <laughs> Trump? Oh. No, 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 him. Oh, my friend. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I I mean, I, and I'll, and I'll tell you why I think that. And, and please don't relay the information. Yeah, it's not like we're doing this on the podcast or anything. <laughs> we are. You go ahead. All I have to say is anybody who's afraid of, of sitting in a restaurant that has some kind of sign that they don't like or um, sitting in a restaurant that doesn't share the same politics as you is a big fat wuss in my opinion. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to say anymore. I love this guy. He's, he seems like a very nice man, but I think he needs to grow a backbone. Oh. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, God. That's all I'm going to say, and I'm going to shut up about it now. <laughs> but... Um... He's no longer a Trump person, babe. So that's something to think about there, Jay. Well, he Lost can do. One of you all well, he can do what he wants to do. I think he's a wuss. Oh, well, I love you, babes. I'm gonna stand my ground. Nice. And he can stand his or whatever ground he's on. Oh my goodness. As far as I'm concerned, anyway, that's enough. Yes. Something good to say this week about the Republican Party. Uh, apparently, there have been no new George Santos lies. This week. <laughs> How many things is he going to lie about? I don't keep up with his lies. I think it's ridiculous. Um, I think he needs to just leave Congress because he's the biggest laughing stock besides Joe Biden. The biggest laughing stock in politics right now. Yeah. It's it's and it's funny. He doesn't realize that he is providing a lot of comedic material. He's hated. People don't yeah. like George Santos. He is the only good thing about him is that people can make fun of him. Exactly. You know, they, they can find out his lies and just make jokes about them over and over again. Well, good. Well, good. Well, good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Babes, it is 3.31. Good grief. Grief good. Grief good. This is a shorter one. We're only about like an hour and 13 minutes in. But Is, is it, it really? Yeah. Wow, we, we spend a lot of time talking about stuff. We talked a lot about KRS, but yeah. I could always talk about KRS. Yeah, I can't believe that was most of our podcast today. Oh, I can't. I've, I've been wanting to talk about this all week. Uh-oh. Okay. This is more important to me than the lies on Fox News. Oh, goodness. Yes. By the way, yeah. uh, I thought hate, we were going to be harping on it no more. I hate to say something good about Sean Hannity. Yeah. But I'm about to. Really? In 2007, he had on KRS. Really? And was actually fair to him. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, I did not know he did, actually. Yep. Wow. Yeah. But uh, you know what else to what? say something good about Sean Hannity? Yes. And again, don't get used to this. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not really a big fan of him right now, so. Okay. I'm a big fan of TYT. And you know that Jank uh, Uger, who is like the main creator behind the network, yeah, used to be a host on MSNBC. Oh, I didn't know that. And they fired him because he was critical of Obama. Wow. Yeah. And so he knows people in the industry, and he said that even though he doesn't like him. Like he, them? Well, no, I'm about to tell you the thing. Even though he doesn't like him, he's heard almost nothing but good things about how Sean Hannity behaves when he's not on the air. Like he says, like the 
he's servers he's talked to have also served Sean Hannity. Makeup people almost all have like glowing praise about Sean Hannity. So I don't know what that says, but you know, move over this way. You, you know, even the the devil has good aspects to him. He's not the devil. Sean Hannity is not the devil. No, he's not the devil. According to Jim. No. He's no. just a person that has a lot of flaws. He's just a person with a lot of flaws. Yeah, Mr. Hannity is uh, is flawed just like everybody else. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Well, good. Well, good. Well, babes. Yeah? Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, Any dreams? Um, it, Did I have any dreams? I don't think... Did, did I tell the space dream in here? I think I did the last time. Right? Oh, did you? I don't remember. Mm, I think I told you privately. Okay, so the other... I think it might have been this last week. I had a dream that I was talking to this girl. She might have been 12-ish. Don't remember what her name was. But she um, was telling me that she was going to spend seven weeks in space, which I thought was pretty... Uh, long for a 12 year old also great title for a movie seven weeks in space oh keep going babes and she was gonna I'm go listening. with four people and she was just she she was saying that she was gonna spend seven weeks in space and i got the um i got the sense that she was frustrated because she's like what am i gonna do in space um but it sounded like she was she was thinking i'm gonna be the only kid there what are, what am i gonna do because there's all these adults yes and I'm thinking, what is her family going to do when they're gone? How they're going to keep track of her? You know, and then I woke up. Yes, yeah, she's going to be getting after her with some astronauts, right? She's 12, Bubs. Oh, ooh, I hope not. Then. Bubs. I said, I hope not, babes. Mm. I said, I hope not, babes. But anyway, um, I, and then we've had a conversation about space camp. I have no interest in space camp, but you said that there was an adult space camp in Al in Huntsville, Alabama. That's the word on the street, babes. I think Tuscaloosa is another, um, it's either the, no, Tuscaloosa or Huntsville has another space camp for kids, I think. Nice. And they do, I think they do like simulation training there too. Yes. I remember the thing that we should probably talk about today. Yeah. Last Sunday, we were apart. But we are still connected. Oh, goodness. And we started, which is going to be a tradition-ish for maybe the next month or so, of listening to speeches, like one a week, from the great Martin Luther King Jr. You had heard portions of the I've Been to the Mountaintop speech. That was an incredible speech. But you never listened to it in its entirety until last Sunday. You just said it was incredible, but break it down for me. What did you expect going in and what did you get out of it? I expected it to be a passionate speech and it definitely delivered. I expected it to be a um, uplifting speech. Um, I didn't know that he was funny, actually. I, I didn't know how funny he could be. And um, I also... Um, he was talking about how um, they weren't bringing up the, um, the 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 sanitation workers that were on strike mm -hmm. in the news, and he he was very polite. He didn't call them names. He didn't call them stupid people. He just said, you know, they they didn't seem to get around to it. You know, he had a way of saying it, like, you know, we don't have to use violence. We don't have to curse. We we have to let our our um, 
we have to let ourselves know about why we're passionate about this. Um, and he was um, encouraging people to um, to put their money in a place where it would be safe. That they would be know that they were donating to a good cause. Yeah, like a black owned bank, I think it was, or trust. Yes, and I I like that because it made these people feel like they they had um power, and um I just I just thought it was it was very passionate. It was it was so good, and what really caught the what what really gets me all the time. He says I've seen the promised land, and he said I may not I might not get there with you, which. It was almost prophetic because he died the the day the night after. Yeah, and there, there's a couple of great things in that speech. I love when he talks about how black people in America, I don't know what it is today, but back in 1968, had more power economically than all but nine of the richest nations in the world. That, I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I mean, I knew that, but I didn't know that until I heard like, that. Did speech. you know that? Yep, back in 04 when I heard that speech. And and, and, and he was talking about the cost of how much is there, but I forgot what it was. $30 it was billion. Dollars $30 billion, dollars, yeah. Yep. And then I like to, and this is probably like a minister thing, yeah. you know, but I like the way he delivered it when he's talking about, if I could be brought back in any time in history, I would go past you know, the, the pyramids in Egypt, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop, stop there. I would go, and it goes... And I would go to my namesake, Martin Luther. And see and him tackle those theses on the walls. But I, I wouldn't, wouldn't stop, stop there. there. I love that part. That was great. That was great. I also liked the part when he was talking about the 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 young white girl that wrote him after he was he was stabbed. Yes. And she says, I know I'm a white girl, but you know, I know it doesn't it probably doesn't matter to you, but I just want to say I am so happy that you didn't sneeze. Yep. Because the doctor said if he even sneezed wrong, then he would have died. If I sneezed, I wouldn't be able to tell you about a dream I had. <laughs> That's my Martin Luther King. And I thought it was really great that he incorporated that and I just yes. thought it was like a um um some humorous thing, but she really did write that. I have heard through books and, and different things that one of the things people who never met Martin Luther King don't understand is that he was actually pretty funny in real life. Wow. Yeah. You know, now that I know that he likes, he, he loves Star Trek, yep. if he was alive today, I would not mind watching a Star Trek episode with him. Oh, I think that would be so cool. I would think it would be the coolest There'd be other things I'd want to, you know, talk with him. About. I have a dream that Romulans and... And Klingons can get along. <laughs> and Jordy would be able to see without a visor. Well, he died before we knew about Jordy, but I, 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 I get what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, I think it would be great. I think it would. I think it would just be so fun to do that. Yeah, I th I think it would be super cool just to chop it up with him and yeah, you know, see his thoughts on certain things. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 And you know, I know that there may be some things theological that I wouldn't necessarily agree with him on, but I think it would be a civil conversation. Absolutely. I am excited to see what you think of this Sunday's sermon, uh, but we will get there on Sunday. Yes. We could also do it on Saturday too. You know? Or we could do a Saturday sermon. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with doing some Saturday. I don't I don't mind any time of the week. It could be Saturday, Sunday, Friday. You know? Nice. Maybe we'll do Saturday. Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, babes. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No. Okay. 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 Yeah. 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 Well, J-Lo. Yeah. Can I get a kiss? Maybe. Okay. Well, you deserve one. I haven't seen you in a whole week, so. Yeah. You deserve plenty of kisses. Oh, good. Bubs. What? I'm making noise. Oh, sorry. Noise, noise. I love you. I love you too. So, uh, yeah, we will see how it goes um, into tomorrow. Yes. I'm just excited that we may be able to do this activity next week. And I was thinking, oh, she's not going to call back. But then she did, so... I'm so happy. I am too. Yes. Yes. And uh, I wish Scott LaRock Jr. luck. Uh, I'm sorry that KRS-One has some issues, but we all do. He's human. Mm -hmm. So I wish him peace as well. And I'm glad he's still alive. And at some point this weekend, I, Alana has never heard my philosophy. I want to play that for her. Oh. But we... I Listen... I could do a whole afternoon of listening to KRS-One and breaking down all of his lyrics, but I will spare you that, and we will just listen to one song from him, and I won't have to, like, you know, talk about the meaning behind this lyric. You know, maybe tomorrow. Okay. Yes. I'm so-and-so, I'm this, I'm that, huh. but they all just wick, wick, whack. That's a line. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Wick, wick, whack. Yes. That's funny. All right, I could go on. I, I could probably do the whole song, but Alana doesn't want that. No, because I'll never hear the end of it so until it ends. Um, oh, my goodness. I think very deeply. Anyways. Oh. Well. Well. Bye for now, J-Wool. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.